Hello everyone and welcome to episode 74 of the Unlocking British English podcast, a podcast where I talk about a variety of different topics in real British English so that you can improve your listening comprehension, learn a little bit more about British culture and about how to learn languages more effectively. My name is Shane and in today's episode I'm going to talk to you guys about another one of my favourite books which is a book called The War of Art by an author called Stephen Pressfield. So that's what we're going to talk about today, but before I jump into it completely, uh, just a couple of quick reminders as always. If you have any suggestions for future podcast episodes, if you would like to hear me talk about anything specifically on the podcast, then feel free to get in contact with me. You can get in touch on Instagram at Unlocking British English, or you can contact me by email, unlockingbritishenglish at gmail.com. Also, the transcripts for this episode and all of the other episodes will be available on the website for free, www.unlockingbritishenglish.com. I am a little bit behind with the transcripts, but I am on it, I'm working on it, I'm getting back up to date, so it will be there shortly if it's not already there. So yeah, let's get into it. So. The War of Art is a book, like I say, by an author called Stephen Pressfield. The subtitle of the book is Break Through the Blocks and Win Your Inner Creative Battles. Right, so it's it's a book basically about um, you know the internal obstacles to success and overcoming those things. So the book talks about an idea that the author calls resistance. Right, it talks about resistance a lot and. What he's talking about, again, are these kind of internal barriers, these things that kind of stop us from having success with what we're doing, whether that be uh, fear, anxiety, a lack of confidence, overconfidence, ego, different things, all of these different things that kind of get in our way when we're trying to achieve something. Um, and the book is essentially a kind of a collection of lots of smaller thoughts and ideas on all the different ways in which this resistance manifests itself, how this resistance shows itself in your life and, and gets in your way. Um, and whilst he does talk a lot about, um, you know, the, your work as an artist, uh, whether that be, you know, painting, drawing, filmmaking, writing or whatever, it's not a book that is just for people that do artistic work. Essentially, what the book is talking about is getting the important stuff done in your life, right? Doing the important work in your life, whatever that might be. And so what I've decided to do today is to uh, pick out a few of my favorite sort of quotes, favorite little sections from the book, uh, and I'm just going to talk about a few of those. So yeah, the first one that I'm going to talk about is from uh, a very short chapter that is titled Resistance is Internal. Um, and what it says is, well, I'll read the quote first. So, resistance seems to come from outside ourselves. We locate it in spouses, jobs, bosses, kids. He goes on to say that resistance is not a peripheral opponent. Resistance arises from within. It is self-generated and self-perpetuated. Resistance is the enemy within. End quote. So, um essentially like the title says what he's saying here is that resistance the things that stop us 
they're not things that come from outside of us. They're things that come from within us. But I really like how he puts it in this uh, in this short little um, paragraph. Which is all it is. This little chapter, little paragraph. Um, you know, we locate it in spouses. So that would be like your other half, your partner, right? A, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife, uh, jobs, bosses, kids. This is something that we do a lot. You know, when we think about why we can't achieve the things that are important to us in our life or why we are uh, coming up against some sort of resistance, right? We often look to put the blame on things that are are outside of us, right? It's the it's a problem with our job or with our partner. It's, it's having to spend too much time looking after your kids or whatever it is. Uh, not that your kids are a problem, right? But you 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 locate this issue as something as being outside of you. But what the author tells us is that it's something that is internal, right? It's something that this sense of resistance, uh, we can't blame it on other things. We have to recognize that uh, it's something that's happening from within us. And there are several different reasons to as to why that might happen that he goes on to cover in, in other chapters. But it's important to recognize from the get-go that usually what's stopping us from getting the important work done um, is usually something that's coming from within us and not something that is being uh, pushed onto us from outside of us, right? It's not an external factor. It's an internal factor. So resistance is internal. That's important to understand to start with. So I decided to put that in as the first point. Okay, so the second point that I'm going to talk about today um, is from a short chapter again that is titled Resistance is Impersonal. And there's just a short little quote here that I want to read. So what the author says is, Resistance is not out to get you personally. It doesn't know who you are and it doesn't care. Resistance is a force of nature. It acts objectively. End quote. So, resistance is not out to get you personally. Again, this this really stuck out to me the first time I read it, and when I went through this book again to you know kind of get notes for this episode, uh, it immediately stood out to me again. And I think this is important not because it's like such a revolutionary idea, right? It it seem it might seem you know quite obvious and simple when you hear it. But this is actually a trap that we fall into a lot. And it doesn't really matter whether we're talking about artistic work, important work or, or whatever it is. You know, when, when we have uh, resistance, when we have different problems in our lives, we're very quick to kind of think that something or someone is out to get us right like the universe is against us like there's you know when when a load of things happen to you or something gets in your way or something comes over you or whatever it is you know it, it's it's something that we, we feel personally attacked we feel like something or someone doesn't want us to be successful something or someone doesn't want us to get to where we want to get to, doesn't want us to achieve our goals. Um, and again, like I said, this is a, a trap that we fall into because it's not true for the most part, right? Usually, um, you know, it, it's not someone else that actively doesn't want us to achieve something. You know, when, if we think about the experience of of being afraid of, of doing some work or undertaking a job or, or, or um, you know, maybe you don't feel very confident about your abilities or different things. You know, all of these feelings, these emotions, these experiences, 
yeah, uh, like the author says, it's they're forces of nature, right? They're they're, they're objective. It's not that like fear is this living thing that actually has something against you it's just an emotion it's just something that happens and uh, this is the case with resistance in general these different internal barriers that we come up against you know it, it's not a personal thing it's just life it's just the uh, you know it's just emotions it's just being a human and again um, it's important to recognize that because otherwise when you let yourself believe that you know someone or something is out to get you that someone or something is against you um, you know then it's too easy to kind of get down in yourself to feel bad to feel like there's nothing you can do about it because when we think something is you know so external to us um, that means usually we can't have that much of an effect on it right we can't change it so if you let yourself believe that you know this resistance is personally attacking you it allows you to to not take action it allows you to be kind of lazy in certain senses right so uh, that is the second point resistance is impersonal it's a force of nature that acts objectively it doesn't care who you are it doesn't know who you are so that's the second point and so the third point that I want to talk about in today's episode actually leads out from that quite nicely because it's to do with procrastination. So it comes from a very small chapter that is titled Resistance and Procrastination Part 2. Uh, and so the quote is the following. The most pernicious aspect of procrastination is that it can become a habit. We don't just put off our lives today, we put them off till our deathbed. End quote bit dramatic maybe but uh, it's very true right um, when he says the most pernicious aspect of procrastination it's kind of like the worst bit like the most harmful part right just a fancier way of saying that um, but the point as he says is that um, you know when we when we procrastinate when we put off things when we um, you know allow ourselves to get distracted if you're not very sure about what procrastination is uh, I do as well have an episode talking about that further back um, but when we allow ourselves to procrastinate it's not just a singular object uh, sorry a singular action it's not just a single action it's something that becomes a habit very quickly uh, when we identify things as being external to us the resistance is external to us when we um, we say that it's some kind of external force that has something personal against you uh, it's very easy to, to, to put off what we want to do it's very easy to say it's not possible for me to achieve what I want to achieve um, or, or just to allow that kind of fear or lack of confidence to get in your way um, but the problem is not just the fact that that has happened it's that it's very very easy to let these things become a habit right um, I'm sure a lot of us will have experienced maybe um, if you have a certain habit like you're going to the gym or you're exercising regularly and then something gets in the way and then you stop going it's really easy to let that become a habit right you you stop going to the gym one day you miss one day and then you miss one week and then you miss two weeks and then suddenly you don't remember the last time you went to the gym uh, and it's because procrastination is is it's such uh, it, it so easily becomes a habit right and so um, 
it's important to remember that putting things off and and not doing the work that we need to do or that we should do is not just a problem today it's going to become an increasingly larger problem over time so that is the third point right don't procrastinate not just because it's bad today it's going to get worse and worse and worse and we'll keep putting things off potentially as the author says until our last days bit dramatic but still Okay, so the fourth point that I want to talk about today is from a a short chapter called A Professional Acts in the Face of Fear. Okay, so I'll read out the quote, this first sentence. The amateur believes he must first overcome his fear, then he can do his work. The professional knows that fear can never be overcome. He knows that there is no such thing as a fearless warrior or a dread-free artist. End quote. So, the amateur thinks he needs to overcome his fear first. The professional knows that that can never happen. I love this this point because it's so true. And I think that the ultimate proof of this, uh, that I've seen at least, is is uh, from Mike Tyson, right? The boxer Mike Tyson. There was an interview that he did one time. I can't remember exactly when or with who, but there was an interview that he did one time where he talked about uh, his experience of of going to fight in a boxing match and he would say that before the fight as he was just about to enter right when they play his music and he walks out and he walks towards the ring he said in that moment before the fight uh, every single time he he would fight he would feel that kind of sense of anxiety or nervousness or fear or however you would describe it right that sense of kind of tension uh, a kind of uncomfortability in his stomach Um, and you know and Mike Tyson is easily considers as one of the greatest boxers of all time or at least of our time Um, and was he was a guy that was hugely feared when when he was fighting not just because of his actual boxing ability right he was he was very strong very powerful so people were scared of getting hit by him but he was also a bit of a a bit of a loose cannon right he could um, you know get off the rails a little bit so to speak and so you know he was people that he was someone that people were nervous around, you know, and and not everyone would want to fight Mike Tyson, even if you are a professional boxer. And so to think that, you know, even someone like him, you know, a professional fighter that's going out to do what he's trained his whole life to do, would still still feel nervous, still feel a bit anxious before going to do that. You know, it shows you that, that, that no one is above those feelings. And again, this is one of those traps that we fall into. We allow ourselves to, to kind of think that the people that are already really successful, that are doing really well in what they do, um, you know, they don't have to experience these, these same um, emotions, these same anxieties. They don't have to, to, to fight against the same type of resistance, right? Um, and what the author is telling us in this chapter is that that's not true and that all the while you all the time that you believe that you know you're you're limiting yourself to this kind of uh, amateur mindset so to speak right that um, the idea that accepting and recognizing that you're always going to have those feelings of doubt uh, and anxiety and things like that and knowing that you have to work with those knowing you have to work through those is what's going to allow you to get to that like more professional level quote unquote right and it doesn't matter whether we're talking about literally amateur or professional or if we're just talking about improving at something right getting better at something we have to accept that you know these these fears these doubts these anxieties they're all a natural part of the process and they're never going to go away so we have to learn to deal with them 
time. Um, so yeah, that is another point that I think is is really important um, um, and was yeah really impactful for me as well when I when I first read it. Okay, so the next point that I want to talk about, uh, I've lost track of the number of which points we're talking about, uh, so we'll just say the next point, uh, comes from a chapter that is titled, A Professional Does Not Hesitate to Ask for Help. Okay, so in this chapter, the author is talking about Tiger Woods, yeah, the famous golfer. Um, in the first sentence, he says, Tiger Woods is the greatest golfer in the world, yet he has a teacher. He goes on to say, Tiger Woods is the consummate professional. It would never occur to him, as it would to an amateur, that he knows everything, or that he can figure out everything on his own. On the contrary, he seeks out the most knowledgeable teacher and listens with both ears. So, end quote. This, again, you know, I think is, is really important. Um, no one can do everything by themselves, right? Everyone needs help. Um, and we're all, we all have room to learn. We all have room to grow. Um, and again, I think that this is something, you know, it's more to do with, with ego maybe. And, and, you know, it can depend on how far into your processes. It's, it's, it's kind of related to the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? The, the, the Dunning-Kruger effect is, um, is the idea that, people that aren't very good at what they do are much more likely to think that they are very good at what they do. And it's basically just because because they're not good at what they do or they're not that good at what they do, they don't know how much left there is to learn. They don't recognize you know, how much deeper they can go, how much wider their field goes. They just don't have enough knowledge to be able to, to self-evaluate their own level, right? When you don't know uh, how to evaluate yourself then you're not going to be able to evaluate yourself well um, and so you know this is this is kind of like that you know when you're in the earlier stages of, of your journey when you start to get a little bit of progress you start to get somewhere it's very easy to think that you know a lot more than you do uh, and with that ca can come the idea that you don't need help right you don't need someone else's advice you don't need to um, yeah to, to, to ask for help from from other people if anything you should be the person giving help right it's kind of like me saying that because I teach English that I should never take a course to do with teaching English or uh, you know something like that right I give advice I don't take advice well that would be silly right because there's always going to be things that I could learn about the English language and there's always going to be things that I could learn about how to teach English and how to better communicate different things and certain ideas. And so as soon as I shut myself off from that idea, I completely shut myself off from from growing, right? I, I stop, I, I stunt my growth completely because no one is above having a teacher. No one is above getting advice from people. Um, and, and all of the best professionals know that, right? Every great athlete has a coach. Um, you know, every great entrepreneur has had mentors, has mentors, uh, works with different people. You know, every great CEO employs 10 other people to do all of the other important jobs that he needs or he or she needs them to do because that one person can't do everything, right? So don't hesitate to ask for help. It doesn't matter, you know, how good you are, or how good you think you are. You can always get something um, from other people, and you can you can always um, grow. You can always continue to grow. Right? We're never done learning. We're never done growing.
Okay, and so the final point that I want to talk about today is from near the end of the book, uh, from a, a short chapter that is called The Artist and the Territory, but it's just a very small part of this chapter that I want to highlight. It's just one small sentence. Oh, sorry, it's actually two small sentences, but anyway, it's very short. So, the quote goes like this. Remember, as artists, we don't know diddly. We're winging it every day. End quote. So I'll explain that just in case the, the use of language there is a little bit confusing. So uh, remember, as artists, we don't know diddly. So the whole saying would actually be, we don't know diddly squat. Okay, and to not know diddly squat is to is to not know anything, right? So remember, as artists, we don't know anything. We're winging it every day. Okay, just in case you haven't heard that phrase before, to wing it is like to make it up as you go, right? You're you're making it up on the go. You don't have a plan. You're just doing it, and you're just adjusting and adapting as you go, right? So what he's saying is, remember, as artists, we don't know anything. We're just making it up. We're just inventing the method to the process as we do it and I love this quote um, and again it's, it, it stood out to me when I first read it and it really stood out to me again when I reread it to do this episode um, because again it's so true it's, it's something that another you know really easy trap to fall into is this idea of thinking that you know the people that are successful in what they do or you know the people that are successful in the fields that we're interested in and that we're passionate about they're you know, they know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly what they've been doing up to now and they have, you know, they have exactly laid out what they need to do in the future to get the, get to where they need to go and they know that it's going to work because that is the way that it works. And of course that isn't true, right? It, again, it's something that maybe as I say it, as you listen to it, you think, well, yeah, it's obvious. But, you know, this is something that we do a lot. We assume that everyone else has got it together and we're the only people who don't have any idea what we're supposed to do with our lives. And that's not the case. It's usually most of us, right? Most of us don't really know what we're doing. Okay, cool. You kind of know what you're supposed to do today and tomorrow with your job and you've got your plan for the week, blah, blah, blah. But you know, overall, we're all just kind of making it up as we go along, right? We're all winging it, um, you know, and that's not so bad. That's just as normal as what we all do because there is no one way of doing things. There is no one correct way to get to where you want to go. Um, there is just you, where you're at now and where you want to go. And the rest is, you know, stuff that you've got to figure out with, you know, your own work and with the help of other people. And, and uh, again, you know, when you remember that, when you keep that in mind, it stops you from thinking, you know, that you're missing something, that there's, there's just something about you that is going to prohibit you from being successful because you just don't know the key, uh, right? And, and it also stops you from that kind of mentality, right, of, of thinking that I just need this one piece of information or I just need this one thing, I just need to learn this one skill to own this one object and I'll be there, I'll have it, it's all going to fall into place. Spoiler alert, not going to happen. Um, and so, yeah, that's not to be like depressing or anything, but, you know, I think it's important, again, to, to, to keep in mind, to remember that, you know, we're all winging it, we're all making it up as we go along. So, 
yeah, those are a few points that I really liked from this book, The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield. Um, it's a really cool book. It's quite a short book and it's pretty easy to read uh, in terms of, you know, very short chapters and everything. So, you know, if you're interested in these kind of things, this idea of, uh, you know, break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles, as the book says, uh, if you're interested in stuff like that and some of the things I've talked about today, then yeah, definitely check it out. Uh, it'd be easy to find in any kind of bookstore or, of course, on Amazon. So, yeah, um, I'm going to leave it there for today. I hope you guys have enjoyed today's episode. As always, any thoughts about the podcast, uh, about this episode or any other episodes, please feel free to get in contact. But, yeah, thank you very much for listening. I hope you enjoyed it, and I look forward to speaking to you again in the next episode.